Okay. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. Wow. We have hit 2022. We we survived two brutal years. 2020 was horrible. Absolute debacle. 2021 actually probably was a bit worse and uh, we made it. We made it. We have survived it. Uh, Thank God. Uh, Thank you for all your support. I hope you guys had an amazing holiday, a really good family time. Got to see lots of friends and family. Get the rest we all needed because we're overworked and underpaid and all need need some rest. But uh, yeah, we've reached 2022. We took a little hiatus over the break and we're excited to get back to it. A phenomenal weekend of sports uh, behind us. And we have uh, an old friend, a podcast uh, legend in the making, <laughs> uh, Barry Grant Jr. joins us from the All Even podcast here so we can uh, talk some football, basketball and whatever else comes up. Uh, thanks so much for uh, being here, Barry. This is great. Uh, this will be Absolutely. a fun way to kick off the year. Absolutely, Darren. Thank you for having me again on your show, man. Like, you know, I had so much fun the first time, you know, we 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 definitely yeah. spoke about a lot of stuff. So, um. You know, I'm I'm ready to get started. Listen, this is my my first appearance of 2022, and you get the first appearance, so you know that's how much you mean to me. So you know, <laughs> I, I'm definitely excited to to talk about some sports tonight. I appreciate it. Wow, that's really nice. Great uh, first appearance is on, on my podcast. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, uh, so happy that you're you're back with some podcasts uh, before the uh, the new year. Uh, the All Even podcast took about a a four month hiatus. And uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough for all your loyal subscribers and listeners. <laughs> uh, we were wanting your takes and all of a sudden they were gone. Uh, but uh, I hope the worst is way behind you. And I hope uh, family's good. Everything's uh, starting to uh, fall into place and be a lot better for you. Yeah, man. It, it, you know, it was a it was a rough 2020. I, I tell everybody all the time. I said it on my show that it was the it was the roughest year of my life. Wow. And that's not you know, that's not an understatement. It's the fact. Oh. Um, and, you know, not out of the woods yet, you know, still still dealing with stuff, um, you know, still very hopeful, very positive that things can be able to turn around. But, you know, it's 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 all about leaving it up to God's hands and, and hoping for the best and, you know, just kind of trying to rally around with family, with friends and, you know, focus on the pod. You know, I'm not, I was, I was a, a workaholic in 2021 in regards to, I've ha- I had so many different, you know, pods and shows and different elements that I was, you know, doing. And, you know, all of that kind of came to a halt and, you know, slowly but surely I'm starting to build back up, but I'm not going to put too much on my plate at one time. I'm not just going to go dive back into all the projects that I was doing before. So, you know, slowly but surely I'll get back to the to the work rate that I was at before. But, you know, I, I it's not that time yet. But, you know, I'm back um, every Tuesdays. You know, you can hear me on every major streaming platform. I'm also on YouTube as well. So, um, you know, just excited about my show tomorrow night because I have a lot to talk about, Darren. 
a lot to talk about, no, no. especially yeah. with my miserable Dallas Cowboys. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured you'd uh, have a lot to say about uh, <laughs> Cowboys and the Lakers are probably oh, my the goodness. subjects we're going to go through. You, you, see, you see what I have on right now. This is, <laughs> this is not what we have in L.A. right now. This is, you know, it's a completely different situation. Yeah, so. no kidding, yeah. So uh, New Year's, New Year's resolutions, do you make them? Uh, not much, honestly, you know, I, I'm more of a, um, you know, the fact that I've been through a lot in my life, especially like, you know, my mom used to always just tell me just live in the moment, okay. like, you know, don't try to plan too far ahead, have goals, nice. you know, have short term goals and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I kind of take all that long term planning out. The only the only reason why I actually even think ahead much is because I have a son. So, you know, you have to try to try, you know, you try to set things up for the future. But even still, I want him to live in a moment. I want, you know, my girlfriend to live in a moment. I want everybody to be able to live in the moment because we 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 always project ahead. Like it's just natural for mm-hmm. us as human beings to just project instead of just paying attention to what you're actually doing now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what I mean, somebody's always saying, oh, my goodness, I can't wait to, you know, in a couple of years, I'll be in a better situation in my job. But how about just appreciating where you're at now? Appreciate the journey to get to that spot because, mm-hmm. you know, you got to crawl before you walk. So it, it, it's you have to appreciate every step, even the struggles, the bad times. It all leads to your success at the end of the day. So, you know, that's that's kind of how I look at it. You know, my mm-hmm. girlfriend, she's she's pretty much into the wishes and she does those things. And, you know, I let her do it but I'm not really much into it. So I see. You know, yeah. Well, well uh, yeah, I, I haven't uh, set resolutions much, but I've just uh, said that I'm going to view this as the best year of my life. Yeah. 2022 is, uh, you know, I'm going to seize the day every day. Uh, right. I want to grow this podcast. I want to grow our uh, network, our website. I want to spend a lot more time with my family and my friends that I've missed a lot for the last couple of years. Right. I want to do some traveling. I really uh, want to have fun with my life. I do want to live in the moment. Uh, I don't. Um, I don't think enough people just appreciate where they are in life. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, like you say, and I think that you know everybody's like wanting this, wanting that, and we're working towards getting this. But you know, I think gr- being grateful and having a lot of gratitude about right. what you already have. Um, you know, right off the top, I said, hey, we're alive. We made 2022. There's a lot of families that, you know, have lost people. Uh, you have, we, yeah. I have, uh, you know, every time that we reach another year, hey, I, I want to celebrate that. I want right. to be like, holy cow. Uh, you know, it's hard to keep living. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that I am. I want to celebrate that I'm still on this planet. And I, I, you know, I've got a lot of great friends, a lot of great family. I've had a lot of amazing moments in my life and I want more. Exactly. I'm hungry for more. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, now I'm with you. I'm with you, man. I, I, I agree with everything you just said. You know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, enjoying life. Like a lot of people just go through the motions yeah. and they don't really enjoy life because they're always, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting better for yourself but you also just got to be appreciative of what you have because there's so many people that don't have that level of you know comfort or success in their lives and whatever you've whatever you've created or established for yourself in that moment just appreciate it of course you want to you know be better but just appreciate what you have 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And we're on the same page there. Uh, okay. Well, uh, we entered week 17. There was, uh, I can't, I can't believe how fast the NFL season's right. going by. Uh, we entered with only six teams having clinched. So there was eight positions left to be decided on 18 teams vying for those eight positions. Uh, the craziest NFL season, in my opinion, the yes, most upsets, the, just the, the, you, you just had no idea how to predict week to week, what was going to happen. Uh, it's uh, the longest NFL season we're ever going to have, but uh, just an insane NFL year with just, you, you, it was just so topsy turvy and crazy. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I called it the year of, of parody because, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, we've never seen so many top teams lose and lose badly. Yeah. You know, we almost saw the the the, the Bucks on Sunday lose to the Jets, yeah. you know, and 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 who was the the the, the hero? I mean, some, you know, I don't want to call him a no name receiver, but he's a guy that's that, that nobody really knows. And. You know, the great Tom Brady found him, got him into the end zone, and that was the ball game. But, you know, there's so many, so many twists and turns. You know, you had the Chiefs. uh, They they lost to the the Bengals in a a shootout. It was a great game. But, you know, there's, there's so much. Any team can really lose on any given Sunday. That that's what it feels like right now. Like that's a that's been a term in football for years, decades. But. It's really, it really feels like that now, any given Sunday. Yeah, totally. I I don't think that was an actual real terminology until this year where, you know, I, 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 I feel sorry for a lot of people in the betting world (laughs) because I don't know. I think you would have just lost your shirt this year. How would you have ever predicted some of the craziest upsets we've seen? Almost no team was consistent. They would right. go into a must into a winning winnable game and, and lose. You know, we just it was just a shocker. But right. uh, it's been fun. I guess uh, you know sometimes I don't like parody as much. I like seeing some dominating teams, but uh, it has been fun and interesting to watch. Uh, we're currently uh, recording the podcast during Monday Night Football, and it's Ben Roethlisberger's uh, final game. Supposedly, he hasn't announced that for sure, but. Uh, everybody says that's the case. Uh, his final game in Heinz Field, 257 wins there. Uh, absolute legendary Hall of Fame career, a couple Super Bowls, six Pro Bowls. Um, you know, one of the top leaders in most categories that you can name for quarterbacks. Uh, tell me about your thoughts about Ben Roethlisberger and this legendary career. Uh, you know, you, pr- you pretty much said a lot. Um, you know, he's he's had a great career. Uh, you know, one of the old school type of warriors that, you know, he stood in the pocket, took a lot of big hits. Um, you know, he he made a lot of mistakes in his career early on in regards to some immaturity, but really cleaned those up, uh, you know, towards the middle of his career and, and, and never really had a problem after that. You know, leadership, we've heard questions about his leadership, you know, for, from certain players. But overall, I think he's been he's been a model citizen in regards to being the leader of that football team. And, um, you know, just kudos to him, man. Kudos to him for lasting this long, because honestly, you know, Ben never, he wasn't a Tom Brady in regards to taking care of his body. You know, he, you know, he, his body broke down just like how the old quarterbacks used to break down back in the day. And, you know, that's fine, but you know, he, he's had a hall of fame career. There's no doubt. Um, 
Is, you know, can Pittsburgh fans say he's better than Terry? No, he's not better than Terry, but, you know, he's right up there. You know, you got Bradshaw, you got Ben. So, you know, um, he's definitely left his mark on this on this franchise. Um, continued that that level of excellence that they've had over the decades. And it's really going to be hard to replace him. Yeah. You know, unless you bring in a, a Russell Wilson or somebody of that ilk, you know, any rookie that's going to come into that situation has some big shoes to fill. And, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to go about it. I think, you know, I think that over the years they've made a mistake in regards to not drafting an heir apparent. Yeah. And, you know, because they wouldn't be in this situation right now. So, yeah. um, you know, but but all in all, his career has, has been stellar, man. He's had some special moments in his career. And if this is the end, then, you know, it's 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 been a it's been a great ride. I'm sure Pittsburgh fans feel the same way. And, you know, all around the NFL, he's, he's very respected. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just enjoy when, you know, it's coming to an end and, you know, there's a guy that has had this much success, a 19 year career, uh, all the tributes that we've seen, all the great moments. Uh, you know, I saw a countdown today where he threw six touchdown passes back to back weeks. Uh, the th- touchdown pass that he threw to Santonio Holmes. And yeah. Oh, man. I guess, uh, the you know, the triple coverage and somehow oh. made it into that corner. Uh, that the way that he was so elusive in that pocket, he would be there and a guy would be all over him and he'd yeah. somehow just be able to shake the guy off and be able to throw the ball down the field. Uh, it was legendary. I don't think there was anybody better at being able to shed a tackle in that yeah. pocket and yeah, he, to, uh, you know, still keep that play alive. Um, yeah. yeah. So many amazing moments uh, I can remember about big Ben in his career. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, he, like I said, he stood in there and took some, big hits and you know deliver it delivers some hits of his own as well but you know he's an old school football player toughness you know just just toughness personified and you know like I said it's it's gonna be it's gonna be real difficult filling those shoes man you know I feel bad for Tomlin and those guys over there because they they have their work cut out for them if, if this is it for Ben yeah, most teams uh, need to have a succession plan and bring in guys, but uh, we saw what happened with the Packers when they uh, drafted Jordan Love. All of a sudden, it <laughs> made Aaron Rodgers mad and asked him, you know, maybe I should get out of this. Right. Yeah, you know, get out of this organization. And so, you know, egos come into it. And you, All you quarterbacks know have the biggest what you're ones. Do, right? You might upset yeah. your, your quarterback. And, uh, you know, it has backfired for some organizations. Doing it a little too soon. We saw with the Patriots getting Jimmy G and he just right, sat right. there for many, many, many years. And then they finally just said, okay, it's yeah, time Bra- to get Brady. Brady had to go up to Robert Kraft to say, hey, listen, you don't let Bill Belichick trade me. You need to trade Jimmy. So right. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you got to make sure that you, you tell people, listen, my ego's big too. And you're not gonna, you're not gonna try to embarrass me here. I'm, I'm still that guy. Yeah, so, um, exactly, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it, listen, you know, over the years we've seen this right, Darren, that if the incumbent is there, they don't want anybody else there. They don't, they don't feel that there needs to be another quarterback. The organization may have other, other plans, mm-hmm. but listen, you know, if you do your job and you, you excel, you don't have to worry about the guy behind you because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's either two options. They can say, Hey, listen, you know, we still, we want to give this guy the keys 
and you can be able to find another place because if you're still playing at a high level, somebody's going to want you. It's not saying like, you know, if you, if you're, you know, your, your play drops off the table, your current team or any other team will not want you. So it's about maintaining your status, playing well and doing what you got to do. This is why when you saw it back in the day, you saw Montana and young Montana was still playing at a high level. Yes. He was, he wasn't the great guy towards the end in San Francisco. And they felt that, okay, it's time to, to, to part ways. And when he got to Kansas city, he showed them that he was still Joe Montana. He was still great. So, you know, it's, you just have to prove that you have to make sure that you prove that, you know, you have uh, uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers, you know, Brett Favre was still playing at a high level. Yeah. So they couldn't say, okay, we have to get rid of you, you know? So, you know, that's, that's what it's all about is that if somebody is drafted, that's really good and he's great. You just got to play up to your level. And that's it. Alex Smith in, 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 in Kansas city. Look, they knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be the guy. I'm sure he was told that by Andy Reid. Like, listen, this is, this is going to be the final year. You know, we're going to make sure that you try to get, you know, get all the playing time you can so you can get some money in the offseason and, 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 and land in a good spot. But we're going to this kid in the all in, in you know, next year. So Alex Smith just played his tail off and was able to get a big contract after that. So, you know, that's that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. You that's just true. have to play up to your to your abilities and don't worry about whoever who's ever drafted behind you unless you know that you don't have it anymore and you're just trying to hold on to your spot. True. Yeah. 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 Very smart. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the uh, Monday night football cast when they have the Manning brothers. Oh there. man. It's a great, uh, I, I pressed record tonight and I've got that recording right now. Yeah. I'm going to watch parts of it later. Uh, did you hear their guests tonight? No, I didn't. Who's the guest? They've got Aaron Rodgers, Roger oh, Goodell, wow. Bill Cower and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> So okay. uh, pretty cool. Um, and supposedly there is a Manning curse. Uh, all six current NFL players that have come on, they've lost the game after they did the money. Wow. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't really matter for Aaron Rodgers because nope. uh, they've they, already clinched. They they've already clinched the, the one seed. They, yeah. They've got the one seed. Uh, looks like they're going to have a home field advantage at Lambeau throughout the whole entire playoffs until the Super Bowl. Uh, does that really make them the the all the favorite for the Super Bowl now in your mind? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Listen, this is the problem with the Green Bay Packers. They've been the best team in the NFC for the last three years. Right. Yeah. And the the issue is that I I have confidence in Aaron Rodgers. Matt Lafleur though not too sure because he made some questionable decisions in that, that, that Tampa Bay game in the NFC championship last season. And has he learned from those? We won't know until the playoffs, until there's a situation where it calls for him to actually do his job and do some coaching and some clock management. We'll see what happens, but also too, you got to put some of this on Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm one of the biggest Aaron Rodgers fans out there, Darren. But we have to be honest, guys, one in four in NFC championship games for a reason. Right. You know, you can't always blame the defense for not showing up. There's been a lot of those championship games where Aaron Rodgers wasn't too good. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it, it's there's a lot to prove for the entire organization. 
The coach needs to prove that they can be able to get to the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers needs to prove that he can be able to get to the Super Bowl. And the front office needs to be able to be to be confident that whatever they're doing is the right way. And if they don't get to the Super Bowl, then maybe maybe something has to change. I'm not saying that they have to completely blow off the roster, but something has to change that's not allowing them to be able to get to that next level. Oh, I have an idea, Darren. Okay. Here's my idea for the Green Bay Packers. And I'm being okay. sarcastic. They need to draft another wide receiver. That would help them. Yeah. The fact that you only have one, if that wide receiver is double and triple team, which most of the time he is, at least have somebody else on the outside that's competent. That's yeah. why, you know, I was hoping that they would have got Odell, but they didn't have the money to, 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 to sign him or they lowballed him on purpose. We see what Odell's doing with the Rams. Yeah. So maybe that was a mistake. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But there's a lot of question marks about Green Bay. And the only way they're going to be able to answer those question marks is if they actually win an NFC championship game. Yeah. Do you think um, this is Aaron Rodgers' last year in Green Bay if they win the Super Bowl or they don't? Do you think it'll change things? Or could this be – do you think this would be his last year? Honestly, where is he going to go that's any better than this? Right. Like, let's just be honest. If he goes to Denver, is that team better than Green Bay? No. Is is the is the Vegas Raiders going to get rid of Derek Carr for him? Is that team better than the, the Green Bay Packers? No. no. Where where is he going to go? There's not really many places for him to go. No. Is he gonna switch places with, with Russell Wilson in Seattle? No. no. So, you know, as much they they you've we've seen this season that you know he was complaining about oh well you know they they're not allowing me to have much say in free agency and blah 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 like, listen yeah. they got you Randall Cobb they restructured your contract a little bit they even tolerated you lying about your COVID status right. your vaccine your vaccine status excuse me yeah. that's you're immunized you know the organization is put up with you too. It's not like, you know, Aaron Rodgers has not been the easiest person to to work with. And Green Bay, they've been penny pinchers over the decades. So both they they both need each other. You know, what I mean, it's 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 a nice marriage. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is a Cali kid, but he's made a home in Green Bay. I I just don't see anywhere else that's viable. Is he going to go? Is he going to go to to uh, to Chicago? No, they just drafted Justin Fields. So. You know, the, when you look at the destinations and the places that he can go to, there's not many attractive places that are left. So, right. you know, it, it just makes sense for him to just stay in Green Bay, um, retire there. And listen, if he, if he ends up winning another Super Bowl, which is very possible, you know, that it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I want to break down a lot more of the teams that are the contenders uh, as, as the um, – Playoff structure is kind of yeah. It's starting to get solidified. There's still some places yeah. to move. The starting Patriots, to get a little clear, a little bit. Yeah, the Patriots can actually finish first in the AFC, and they can also finish as low as seventh in the AFC. Wow, so, it's crazy. Uh, that's pretty insane. Uh, with one week to go, uh, pretty nutty. But I do want to start. Um, I I want to talk about John Madden and every NFL stadium had a moment of silence. Uh, we saw massive amounts of tributes to him over the past week when yeah. he just passed away. Um, 
that 90 minute documentary was just so phenomenal. Did you did you get a chance to see that? Didn't get to see it yet, Darren, but I'm definitely going to check it out. But, you know, John Madden, you know, there's not many people walking this planet that excelled as much as John Madden did in whatever he did. Yeah. Like, you know, he's the winningest football coach in NFL history in regards to percentage. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the legendary broadcasters of all time. Like people, people wanted to hear John Madden break down football for the layman that didn't really understand the game. Yeah. He made it simple for you. Yeah. For the kids like me that grew up in the John Madden video game era where he would be on the screen and he's breaking down plays and all of these things. It made football not only informative and educational for us, but it made it fun. So we wanted to play football. So for somebody to be able to excel and touch so many people in so many different ways in regards to his ability, his uniqueness, his just his, his, his warm, his warm approach and how, how down to earth he was, you know, there's nobody that has a bad word to say about John Madden. No yeah. one. Yeah. Like, so, you know, he lived yeah. his life. He lived his life to the fullest. And, you know, instead of us being sad about him being gone, we just have to celebrate it because, you know, he left his mark on football probably more than anybody else has. Yeah, he definitely did. And it's a incredible, um, you know, so many of your points are, are well received by me. Um, just a, uh, just a, a phenomenal guy, and and just so many things stand out. Uh, I I remember his Hall of Fame speech, and I've seen it played a, a bunch over the last few days. Uh, he called himself the luckiest guy in the world. Right. Uh, he said he never worked a day in his life. Right. Uh, and he said, you know, it's been the sweetest ride, and the the passion that you could see on the sideline, that you could see in the boardroom, that you could see. Uh, when he did the, the broadcast, he, he worked for every network that does every football. Network. Right. And, and and always you wanted to tune in to, to hear what he would say. You wanted to watch those Thanksgiving days because he was going to have the turducken and he was going to go boom and he was going to say some funny, hilarious, awesome things. And, yeah, and, yeah. and the video game got incredible. It went from little men that were yes. you know just little things on the screen to really actual incredible looking right. football and you know i heard a guy say this weekend geez i almost lost my wife over madden <laughs> i was playing till five six in the morning and i just couldn't stop i think it was rodney harrison that's yeah that. yeah and uh you know that became such an iconic video game but to be able to uh take a sport play it go to the nfl play it at such a high level become a coach become the winningest become a broadcaster, become the best, become a video game consultant and, and have a video game and become the best at that. It's just incredible. What a life. Uh, what a great way that uh, everybody's given these tributes to him. And, and uh, yeah, I just, I've been so passionate about sports and, and I want people to see that passion from me because uh, guys like John Madden, the passion that he showed, he changed lives. Yeah. He was so approachable. So phenomenal. And, you know, it's great to see somebody that puts that much dedication, love and passion into something and have yep. that much success. Yeah, man. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's the goat. Like that's yeah. the way I, I look at it, man. Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's so many great people that 
are in sports and he's one of them. Like he's at the top, at the very top yeah. of like, you know, Mount Rushmore's of just influential sports people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Not just football, mm-hmm. like just sports in general. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows who John Madden is, yeah. you know? I loved, I loved also that he had a fear of flying because <laughs> he had, he had that bus. bus. <laughs> he had to drive. He stopped at diners. He yeah. stopped at little places all along. He wasn't one of those guys that came in on their jet, uh, went to a s- private security area, right. didn't talk to anybody. He, you know, came back and did the same thing back to right. the next town. He was going and meeting the people, yeah. uh, actually having conversations, sitting down and talking football with football fans and people around the world. Uh, I think that was cool. I'm so glad yeah. that he had a fear of flying because. It just made him that much greater. Listen, my, my favorite, one of my fondest memories of John Madden is watching Little Giants when he got off his, his bus yeah. and he was he was helping with plays. Like, that's just, yeah. you know, it, little little cameos like that. It's just, that's just what made him great. He was yeah. just so personable. He was just, he was just an average Joe that, like you said, was the luckiest man on, on, on planet Earth because he never worked. Everything was just a blessing for him. It was just fun. Yep. And he showed that. Like a lot of people, you know, they tell you that they're having fun. They tell you that, you know, they, um, they're, 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 they're trying to live their best life, but you don't really see the enthusiasm. Right. This guy looked like he had fun <laughs> and had fun all the time. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's such a blessing to be able to watch sports and watch people have fun at it. It's supposed to be a game. It's not supposed to be a business. It's right. supposed to be a game uh, that we, that we fall in love with and love. And I, yep. I still have that love for it. Uh, you still have that love for it. And it's great to see others that, that do and, and have uh, amazing success. So yep. uh, really great. Uh, all the tributes. Uh, I felt a little bit sad for Dan Reeves and his whole family. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. You know, he, he was a legendary coach as well. Had a Listen, lot of success. That, uh, that's another one too. You know, that, he that, appeared in nine Super Bowls. There's yeah. only two guys on the planet that appeared in more, and uh, you know he was sort of overshadowed by yes, Madden. yes. You know, it's a little too bad, but yeah. uh, nice to see some of the tributes for him as well. Yeah, also that like I I definitely want to talk about um, Dan Reeves as well. Like you know, cowboy. He was a cowboy his entire playing career. Um, so you know, a lot of people don't even realize that that he was a player. Um, you know, play for the Dallas Cowboys, but his coaching influence, what what he stood for as a coach, you know, leading those Broncos teams, yeah. um, you know, leading the, the 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 Atlanta Falcons to a Super Bowl when nobody even thought that they would be able to, you know, right. the Dirty Bird season right. with, with Chris Chandler and and and, and uh, Jamal Anderson, like you know, those it, it's just. Those are the memories that I have about Dan Reeves is that he was just very serene and calm, but knew his stuff and knew how to motivate his players and knew exactly what his players needed to yeah. get to the highest level. So, mm-hmm. you know, shots to Dan, Dan Reeves, you know, prayers go out to his family, but he also, too, lived a great full life, you know, yeah. gone, gone a little bit too soon, in my opinion, at 77. But, um. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Sometimes sometimes you get that call and doesn't really matter how old you are. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, but but definitely definitely lived a great influential life as well. Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for those uh, great words. Yeah. Because uh, 
a lot of people don't even think of him as in his playing career. Uh, right. You know, when, once you become a coach, a lot of people just forget that you yeah. actually played the game. You know, they, uh, it seems to overshadow that for some weird reason. Yeah. But uh, okay, so we've got um, we've got the Packers out of the way, talking about the NFC contenders. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, let's talk about your team. Uh, Do we have went- to? <laughs> we have to. We should. <laughs> uh, they went from number two seed, uh, you know, looking pretty. Uh, you know, they were definitely on a streak. And then, boom, uh, they came up against the Cardinals. Uh, uh, weren't able to do much. Uh, I, they had a horrible running game. Uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, lost to the Cardinals. Uh, now they sit in number four position. And, uh, yeah, reeling a little bit uh, from a loss that they shouldn't have taken. Yes. You see, the thing is with the Dallas Cowboys is that not even just the Dallas Cowboys. I this is my saying, Darren, you go as far as your quarterback. Yeah. If you have a great quarterback, we've seen what happened in in uh, in New Jersey with the Jets and the and the Bucks. They were down 24 10. Brady never looked like he, he had an issue yeah. and made sure that he made the right plays down the stretch and won that football game. Dak Prescott is not Tom Brady, obviously, right? But Dak Prescott is not even – he's not an elite quarterback. That's the problem mm-hmm. is that everybody likes to put in his story. He has a great story. He's had a lot of tragedies in his life. He's overcome a lot of stuff. He's been very uh, upfront about his mental health and the struggles that he's going through, which is great. Yeah. But that should separate who he is on the football field. Great man, but is that great man a great quarterback? No, he's not. And we sh- and that was on display on Sunday. Missed throw after missed throw. The fumble was was just a a, a crusher. Like you're 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 going downfield. You have the momentum after stopping them. You got the touchdown. You stopped them. Now you're coming back. And you fumble the football. Now, granted, the defense on. You know, uh, the Cardinals last drive, they couldn't they couldn't stop them on third down. And that was the ball game. But are we even there if Dak doesn't fumble the football? So these are the things and everybody wants to talk about Mike McCarthy's clock management. Oh, he called a timeout too early. Look, he got out coached by Cliff Kingsbury in the third quarter in regards to that. um, You know, he had Matt Prater on the field lined up in the slot and he panicked. You know, thinking that they were going to go for it. They were going to try to try to score a touchdown. It was already, what, 19 to 7 at that point. So, you know, they they he didn't want to put any more points on the board. So can you really blame him for calling that timeout? No. Yeah. So it, 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 right. that that's not what cost them the game. What cost them the game is, you know, defense couldn't get off the field. Dak Prescott's missed throws and timely fumble, which he does all the time. And. Correct me if I'm wrong, Darren. Like, I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but he tends to make the same mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. And great quarterbacks don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I said on my show, I had that I take a couple of weeks back. I said that great quarterbacks, they will start off the season wonderful, like, like, a, like just unstoppable. Defenses will now have tape on that particular quarterback, and they will start – you will see – Maybe a game or two where they they don't look like themselves, but then the greats can adjust to that adjustment. Yeah. Dak Prescott 
has not adjusted to the adjustment that the defenses have done with him. That's the problem. He's the same quarterback that he is from, from year two, from year three, from year four. He's not making the progressions that you're looking for. That's the problem. And the play calling on Sunday wasn't great either because out of all the teams that are considered contenders, right? The Cowboys don't, they don't take chances downfield. They have C.D. Lamb. You have Michael Gallup, who tore his ACL, unfortunately for him. You have uh, Amari Cooper. You have these great receivers. You don't take shots downfield. You're not going to be able to win much games or have a dynamic offense if you're not taking shots downfield. Mm -hmm. It's a big reason why Tom Brady's out of New England. He was tired of that dink and dump crap. Right. You know, you see in Tampa, he lets it fly in Tampa. Yeah. He gives the he gives the receivers chances to, to make big plays down the field. This is not happening in Dallas. They're too cute with their play calling, maybe because the offensive coordinator just believes that that can't get the receivers the football. Who knows? But something is wrong. There's not a connection offensively with this team. Dak hasn't looked right in like seven weeks. You know, you can sprinkle in a couple of bad teams in there, the Atlanta game, the Washington game. But other than that, look back at the stats. Look back at the games, not even really the stats. He hasn't played well for quite a while right. against quality football teams. Yeah. And that's just the facts. Yeah, well, I, I remember listening to your podcast uh, a few weeks ago and you talking about Dak Prescott, you know, not being an elite quarterback, he, him being, you know, just sort of mediocre, right, kind right. of middle of the road type of a guy. And, and uh, I've, had this, I've had this thought and feeling in my life for a really long time. Uh, in North America, when you go to school, there's usually a, a most popular guy and a most popular girl and they become the prom king. And, right. <laughs> and who's usually the most popular guy in at school uh, at any the quarterback school? quarterback, right? The quarterback. Okay. Or the, or the most, whatever star sport athlete is, is right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's the most popular guy in college. Who's the guy that's actually sort of legendary status. He walks around like a God. They treat him that way. It's the quarterback of right. the college team. It's the most coveted position. It's what you want and have in your life. So, you know, 90% of the people out there that have uh, football on their brains and want to be in the, uh, you know, in that show, want to be that quarterback. So right. why is there only a dozen amazing quarterbacks in the world? Why? How is that even possible? I don't even know if there's, I don't even know if there's a dozen Darren. (laughs) I I wouldn't even go that far. I I think that there's only maybe five. Really? Wow. Yeah. I I mean, how is that possible? It's it's the hardest position to play. It's the hardest. It's the most demanding position because you're controlling everything. The Mm -hmm. wide receivers depend on you. The running backs depend on you in regards to giving them the ball. You got to make the, the, the center depends on you to make sure that you're there and not fumbling the snap. So that the, there's so many different elements. The coach is depending on you because you're the coach on the floor. You're a coach on the field. So all of these things, you have to juggle all of these particular jobs. And it's not easy. It's not something that's for everybody. Yeah. And, um, you know, only only the very few um, are able to achieve, you know, the, the tip top success. And that's why the NFL MVP, they buy, they basically have to rename it to just the quarterback award because 
you know, you have to be exceptional in every other position to even be considered for an MVP at that level. Like, you know, you have to have a year like Adrian Peterson had that year where he rushed for 2000 yards after coming off the ACL injury. Like, you know, you have to have certain years. Like remember when uh, Lawrence Taylor won the MVP, you know, how good you have to be as for defensive player to win an MVP award. Like it's, it's just, because the the quarterback position is so demanding, wow. you know, yeah. this is why the award, you know, the MVP just automatically goes to the the the, the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you said that there's a dozen. I like I said, I think that there's right. there's like four or five, man. Like there's there's tiers here. Like sure. you know, you have your top tiers. You got your Brady, your Rodgers, and your Mahomes. Then if you, you know, if you want to put Wilson in there, I get, I think Wilson is a grade lower than those guys, not by much, but you know, if you want to put him in there, that's fine. I'm not going to debate that. But then you have the guys like you got the Joe Burrows, you have the Justin Herberts, you have the, um, the Josh Allens, those guys are then there. And then you have, you know, other guys, you have Lamar Jackson, you have, um, yeah, Kyler Murray. There you go. Like, and then then you start talking about the the Staffords and the 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 you know the the Hurts or whoever you want to put up in there. Then right. there's Dak. He's kind right. of in that particular tier. So you know that that's and can you win a Super Bowl with a tier three or tier four quarterback? Yes, but everything has to be perfect, yeah. and that's the problem with the Dallas Cowboys is that their offense right now. Is not perfect. They can't run the football. Uh, you know, they're not taking shots downfield. If the offensive line is not blocking and they didn't block that great on Sunday, they're going to have problems because they have a quarterback that can't really win games when things break down. Wow. It needs to be perfect. Yeah. That's the problem. As good as Dallas's defense has been this season, they are not, they're not special. They have special pieces. They're not a special defense. Right. And because they're not a special defense, they're going to have some hiccup games where, you know, they they, they can't get off the, the, the field on third down, that they're giving up big plays like the, the, the Trayvon Diggs big play to uh, A.J. Green. You know, Trayvon Diggs, is, he, he's, a, he's a risk taker. So yeah. because you have that, you're not going to be a great defense unless you get pressure up front all the time. And they tried their best on Kyler, but it's Kyler. So, you know, you if the defense is going to play like that, which they played – they played decent on Sunday. They played good enough to, I guess, win the game. But the offense is just bad because the quarterback needs everything to be perfect in order to be able to execute. Like everybody was, everybody was on the Dak train, right? Uh, against last week against Washington. Washington. Oh, he he had four touchdowns in the first half of the game, and where's the struggle? He had, he even came out there and was like, "Oh, I never used the word slump. You guys use that." No, 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 no. That's what it is. We <laughs> understand what a slump is, and that's exactly what you're in. Just because you played a bad team and you kick a bad team in the face doesn't mean that you're still not pedestrian against teams that are actually good, and you showed it again on Sunday. So this is the, this is the thing about Dak Prescott that's – I've called him the most frustrating quarterback I've ever watched wow. because, you know, you have all of these people that say he's so great, but your eyes don't tell you that. When you look at Brady, when you look at Brady, it, you know, he, it screams uh, uh, greatness. Uh, Mahomes, greatness. All of these guys, greatness. When you look at Dak, 
there's a question, right? Like people say, well, I think he's great. And then you have other people say, oh, well, you know, I think he's good. You never say that about Brady. You never say that about Rodgers. You never say that about Russell Wilson. You never say that about these guys. Yeah. There's always a question mark with Dak Prescott. And if there's a question mark there, you're not great. You're just not great. Yeah. Like, that's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I'm sorry that uh, he's the most frustrating yes. guy in the world uh, for you. And, uh, you see my passion, Darren. I am <laughs> yes, very I frustrated with this yeah. team right now because we go from possibly being the two seed and, and being able to play, you know, possibly the Saints, the 49ers, or the Eagles, yeah. now we have to go against the Cardinals again or the Rams in the first round. Yeah. Do you honestly think that the, the, the Cowboys are going to beat those two teams? Really? Yeah. I don't see that. Yeah, I don't see that. Yeah. Very I just tough. don't. Yeah. yeah, I'm one of those guys that texted you uh, halfway through that Washington game and said, oh, man, look at the numbers Dak's put up. And you're like, yeah, but it's against Washington. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, but most people aren't putting up numbers even like that against Washington. You know, it's it was impressive. It, it, it was impressive. Like, right. You know, that's that's the thing. I didn't want to take away from what they achieved. It was a beatdown that we haven't seen in football in a long time. That was that was like a college football score, right? But at the same time, this is a team that's been reeling over the last few weeks. You know, they were hot. They, they were they started off slow. They got hot in the middle of the season and now they went back to being struggling. Yeah. And we caught them on a time where they just couldn't figure anything out. But are we a good team? We're more the Dallas Cowboys right now. They're more the team that you saw on Thanksgiving. The frustration. frustration yeah. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah. The team that they, the, you know, the, the, the when they played Kansas City. Those are the that's who they are. That's who they are. They're not this 56 to 14 team. That's not them. They're more the frustrating team that makes bonehead plays (laughs) and just you just scratch your head and say, how is that possible? How are you making all of this money as the quarterback? You're making seventy five million dollars this year and you're still making those throws. You like Dak Prescott every game throws at least maybe three or four passes that should be interceptions. Right. Every game. Wow. Every game. <laughs> so no. don't tell me that he's great because my eyes don't fool me. I see, I, I know what I'm seeing. I, I, there's no reason for me to say that he's, he's not great when he is, but he's not, he's yeah. not. And, you know, Jerry Jones for the longest has been trying to tell people that I like him. I don't like him for $200 million. Mm. I don't like him for $75 million in one year. I don't like him that much. But mm. all the pressure says that I have to give it to him. So, okay, that's what I'll do. He's been proven right. He's not like, all right, let me ask you a question right now, mm. right? And this is going to answer your whatever tier he's in, right? Mm. Is he better than Justin Herbert? Well, from what Herbert's shown these two years, I don't, I don't think so, no. I will agree with you. He's not better than Herbert. Is he better than Joe Burrow? Well, Burrow looks to be uh, one of the Bur- biggest, right. most incredible acquisitions, so no, right. no. No. Is he better than Josh Allen? No. No. Is he better than – let's see. I'm trying to think of another kind of – 
young player. I would say he's better than than um than uh Jackson, Lamar Jackson, but yeah. but Lamar Jackson is not a quarterback to me. Right. You know, Dak Prescott is more in that that realm of Derek Carr. It's more in that realm of Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That's that's you know, he's good. He can win you games. But is he a Super Bowl quarterback? Eh. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I would even say that he's actually maybe just like a couple of grades higher than Baker Mayfield. That's how I look at him. Baker Mayfield needs things to be perfect. Dak Prescott is 29 and old when they run the ball more than they throw. If you're an elite quarterback, that's not a stat Mm -hmm. that comes to your, that, 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 that's at your door. Right. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Good stat. Yeah. Wow. 29 and oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't think he wants most people to hear that when he goes into the contract negotiations. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If I'm Jerry, that's exactly what I'm bringing to the next negotiation. Well, you know, <laughs> when we run the ball more than we pass it, yeah. we're undefeated. So <laughs> we just need you to throw it about 15 times. We don't need you to do much, yeah. you know? So that, that's the thing. It's, you know, you, you can't be elite doing that. You just, you right. just can't. You really can't. And the numbers don't lie. Your eyes don't lie. And the Dallas Cowboys struggles don't lie. Yeah. Quarterback. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get off a frustrating topic. Yes. And we'll talk about Remove some it. of the other uh, <laughs> contenders. Uh, okay, the NFC uh, number two seed hasn't been solidified yet. Even that division is still up in the air between the Rams and the Cards. Yeah. Uh, I know that you think Cliff Kingsbury is the Mike D'Antoni of football. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, are the Cardinals or the Rams going to win this division? And uh, who, why? Who's going to be the, the winner of this division and take that two seat? You know what's funny about both teams, Darren, is that both teams have question marks. Yeah. Both teams. You know, the Cardinals, they're banged up. They're, they're number one receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is out for the year. Yeah. And losing that type of guy, that's, that's, that's crushing to any other team. They have other guys there that can contribute. So they're going to have to pull together because they have a very talented bunch. Uh, Kyla Murray is as talented as you're going to get in this league in regards to just raw talent at the quarterback position, their defense, their defense flies around. Uh, Chandler Jones is one of the best pass rushers in the last seven years. So, you know, they have a lot, but they also have some deficiencies. Their head coach, as much as, as much as people want to say that Cliff Kingsbury is a young, great offensive mind. Cliff Kingsbury does not, he didn't have a winning record at Texas Tech. And, you know, he, he, his team's right. His teams tend to fall off the table in the second half of the seasons. You look at his records everywhere he is. It's, it's remarkable the, big, the difference between how they start and how they finish. And it's just funny to me, you know, going back to Dallas a little bit here, that we'll move off of them. He outcoached Mike McCarthy. Right. Yeah. Just shows you how bad Mike McCarthy is. <laughs> so it's just comical to me. So they, you know, they have a lot of stuff that they have to really clean up. You know, they're running game. They're running game. You know, James Connors had a really good year. He's had a bounce back year. Can he time. stay healthy enough to give them any quality work come playoff time? I don't know because it's 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 health with that guy. It's not about skill. It's about if he's available. So that's them. The Rams on the other side, 
they have different issues. Their running game is okay. You know, Cooper Cup is arguably probably the best wide receiver in the league. I still have I still have uh Devontae Adams as number one. Um, but you know, statistically, he's he's having a, a monster historical season. You got OBJ on the other side, you have Van Jefferson, you have Tyler Higby. They have great off, they have a great offense, decent offensive line. But what's going on right now is that the quarterback struggle. The quarterback is not playing that well, but they're still winning games. They struggled against the Ravens on Sunday, but they pull out a victory. Did, did Matthew Stafford play well? No, he didn't. He didn't play well, but they still found ways to win the football game. So that's the thing. It's like as good as they are and as good as they have in regards to their skill positions, is the quarterback going to be good that Sunday? Yeah. Is he going to cost you the football game? Because we've seen him, we've seen Matthew Stafford have four interception games. We've seen him just look completely horrible. So that's going to be the question mark. If he can play at a high level, he's going to take the Rams with him. So they're going to go as far as he goes, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the Rams face the Niners and the Cards host the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks have had a terrible year, but uh, they would, I'm sure they would love to spoil the party. Right. Uh, the, I think the Rams are going to pull it off. Uh, I think because of the acquisitions they've made this year, they obviously upgraded at, with Matthew Stafford going in as quarterback, but they got OBJ, who was highly coveted, even though he had a down you know, time in Cleveland. Right, and right. Vaughn Miller was a big acquisition. Right. Vaughn Miller was huge to bring in. Aaron Donald is an absolute beast. And, beast. you know, I love watching that team's defense because of that guy. Right. Uh, I think the Rams probably have the inside track. Uh, yeah, I I'm with I you. I didn't think the cards were actually this year going to be as good as they were coming out of the gate. I didn't think yeah. they'd win the first 10 games. I didn't think they would have this, you know, incredible resurgence. I thought they were still a year or two away from, yeah. uh, you know, joining that upper echelon. So I wasn't surprised when they went into a bit of a tailspin, especially with Kyler Murray hurt, DeAndre yeah. Hopkins hurt, uh, Connor hurt. You know, they've had their struggles with injuries. And right, right. You know, I, I don't think that any of that, any of those guys were ready to be that elite team. So I think it's the Rams. Uh, what about the, yeah, defending, with you. what about the defending champion bucks? Um, Tom Brady, you know, you can't count that guy out ever. Uh, they were able to bring back all 22 starters. Uh, and you know, no Super Bowl team has really done that in this era. Uh, right. absolutely had the inside track to be that team back there. Uh, but they had a massive blow two weeks ago with Godwin, uh, going out for the season and this week with Anthony Brown, uh, Antonio Brown having another meltdown. One of those legendary, crazy uh, moments that Antonio Brown has been kind of famous for. Um, does this really, really, really hurt the Bucks' chances of repeating as champs? Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the Antonio Brown thing, does it hurt them in regards to the immediate? Yes, but they should have never signed him in the first place. Right. Um, the biggest problem with the Bucks has been the issues that they've had all season injuries. Their entire team is, is just destroyed and and just marred with injuries. You know, if Tom Brady pulls this off, he is the greatest of all time in regards to sport. I don't care. Whatever sport you want to put out there. 
I'm putting Tom Brady up there because this is the most daunting challenge that he has. They don't have much offensively right now in regards to wide receivers. You know, they ha- he has Gronk, so he's going to lean on Gronk a lot. Um, you know, Mike Evans is still banged up. If Mike Evans can be able to come back and come back strong, then yes, okay, they have an outside threat. They have a deep threat. But, you know, the running game is decimated. You, you, have, um, you have Ronald Jones that's banged up right now. Yeah. Leonard Fournette is out for the season. So now they got to rely on a, on a third-round rookie to kind of to – and, and Le'Veon Bell. So, you know, the, the defense has been just devastated with injuries all year. So it's like you see the struggles against the Jets. You see the struggles against other teams. It's because of the, the lack of talent that they have at those positions. They're trying to, you know, put a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. And after a while, it's going gonna, it's gonna to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I see it catching up to them in the playoffs. Now, granted – I'm one of the people that over the years I've said Brady is done. He's finished. You know, this is it for them. And then he comes and wins another Super Bowl. So I can't, maybe I'm just going to have to hold it until it happens, but how it looks for them, it's not a very friendly road that they have to walk down. So, you know, it's a very daunting task that they have in front of them, but if anybody can be able to pull it off and pull a rabbit out of the hat, like some, like some magician, it's Tom Brady. So, you know, yeah. you can never count them out, honestly. You really can't. I, I keep sending a petition out there and uh, hoping that enough signatures will get on and, he, <laughs> uh, and I can get him to adopt me. Uh, I want the goat to be uh, – I want to be <laughs> the son of the goat. <laughs> I want to just join Oh, my life. goodness. He's had uh, such an incredible life. I can't believe he's actually better at 44 than he's ever been. And can you imagine? Before. It's just, it, it just doesn't make sense. I just can't sense. believe he has the best quarterback numbers in the league this year. And uh, I heard MVP talk this past weekend. It was Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor and Cooper cup. And I'm right. like, uh, Tom Brady has better numbers than Aaron Rodgers by far a thousand more yards through the air. He's got five more touchdowns. He's, He's had a better year than Aaron Rodgers have, in my opinion. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, because because Green Bay's number one seed, best record in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers maybe gets it. But because of the COVID thing, maybe the voters will be like, uh, I don't we'll, know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We, 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 you know, I don't know who has the advantage. I think, I think, I think Rodgers has the advantage a little bit, slightly. But, you know, it's a toss-up. So we'll see. We'll see what the voters actually what the what the narrative is this year because that's the thing with the MVP is that there's different narratives yep. the year to year it changes it's not the same consistent thing so yep. you know we'll we'll see what happens but you know they they've both had great seasons Brady like you know we can't say any more good things about Brady like he just it, it's just endless it's just <laughs> endless the guy is just what he's doing is just unprecedented and you know, I, I've I've really enjoyed Tom Brady for the first time in my life since he's been to Tampa Bay because, you know, I was a Jet fan and I hated him in New England. And, uh, you know, just seeing him kind of loosen up and just be himself, yeah. um, you know, has really been refreshing for the league. But, you know, they, they have a tall task ahead of them, Darren. And, you know, they, to me, in my opinion, they lucked out so much in the playoffs last year in regards to the matchups that they got. It's possible that they get those same matchups again. 
Right. And if yeah. they get some, if they get some favorable matchups, they'll be back in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. So you know, no matter who they're, they're who they're trotting out there. So you know, you can't bet against Brady, and that's pretty much the moral of the story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, Eagles have had a phenomenal year. Uh, you know, pretty surprising. Nick Sirianni probably gets Coach of the Year. Uh, after the weirdest press conference to be um, I listen, I killed him too. I killed him too, Darren. And he's impressed. He, he's yeah. impressed a lot. So shouts to Sirianni and the coaching staff over there. I'm glad they did it. Uh, okay, AFC. Uh, the Titans were the team to beat for most of this year. Then they had a couple of uh, hiccups. Uh, obviously, losing Derrick Henry was massive, and most people just wrote them off and said, that's it. Uh, they're done now. But uh, they have been able to keep it up, keep going, and now they're back to number one seed. Uh, they have the inside track to be number one seed in the AFC, facing the Texans next week, which, uh, you know, should be a very easy win. Um, Derek Henry supposedly on the edge of coming back. Uh, can, it's just huge. Yeah. Can we, uh, if Henry comes back, can we call them the class of the AFC? No. Okay. No. Uh, the only reason is because can we really trust Tannehill in the playoffs? Right. Like it, it, that's that's where it comes down to because it, listen, Mike Vrabel is probably the best coach in the NFL that nobody talks about. Right. He is so good, nice. and he's had this organization on the cusp of greatness, and he's getting back his bulldog soon. And little thing happened, you know, in his absence, is that they found another running back that is actually pretty good. And he was a guy that got drafted that was supposed to get the keys in Houston, but it never worked out in Deontay Foreman. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do you have to like force feed Derrick Henry when he comes back? Or can you have a one, two punch that can keep uh, Henry fresh and then be able to use him in the fourth quarter when that defense is worn down? Because you know how Henry is. He keeps Always beating on you, beating better. on you, and beating on you until the defense just cracks and he's he's launching out for a 75-yard run. Yeah. So, you know, they have the ability to control the games in the playoffs, but does Tannehill have the ability to make the throws necessary to continue drives? Because you can't just run the ball 50 times. You have to make throws yeah. to continue to sustain your drives. And, you know, they got A.J. Brown back. He's dealt with injuries the entire season. Julio Jones has been, you know, just a, a caution tape all year. Uh, so, you know, they have the pieces. Their defense is pretty good, but it's all about Tannehill. Can he make those throws? Can he protect the football? Can he not turn the football over and give his team a chance? So, you know, that that's that's the biggest thing for, for me with Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tannehill is the big question mark, and hopefully, he just uh, stays out of everyone's way, makes it, <laughs> makes his fifteen twenty throws, and uh, right, you know, gets it to AJ Brown as much as possible. <laughs> um, yeah, they uh, they have been, you know, a, a big surprise in a lot of ways. But yeah, it's a smart uh, attack, and you know, Vrabel comes out of that Belichick school. And, uh, you know, has been really successful with that running game. And, uh, you know, phenomenally, uh, after losing Henry, getting Foreman to, you know, carry the rock and doing great himself, that's been, been impressive, man. Very impressive. Very, very incredibly um, impressive. Uh, okay, the Chiefs, uh, defending champs, been there the last couple of years. 
uh, had their really tough start, but won eight in a row before last Sunday. A phenomenal game, probably the game of the week uh, this past weekend uh, against um, against the Cincinnati Bengals, but uh, lost it. But I think they're still they've still figured out uh, who they are, what they are, and probably the class of the AFC still. Yeah, definitely, man. Listen, you know their defense has been carrying them over that winning streak. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, you know, offense started to click back up. But, um, you know, their defensive line has been really great. Uh, they weren't that great on Sunday. They, they had some pressure on Burrow, but not enough. But their secondary is what gave the game away. I mean, look, listen, Jamar Chase had had the game that he had. And, you know, it, it's... Why weren't they double-teaming him? Why weren't they triple-teaming him? 266 yards, like, what? what? He was the only guy that was going to hurt them. What, you, know what's, you, you know what's funny about them, though? The funny thing about the Bengals, Darren, is that Jamar is not the only weapon that they have. Right. And, yeah, and you know, T. Higgins can do the same thing to you. You have Tyler Boyd that can do the same thing to you. So you got three receivers on the outside there that can give you that can do big big damage so yeah they could have probably double teamed jamal but then you're going to give t higgins single coverage i don't know if you want to take that risk so burrow this is why burrow where he wore that shirt before the game he loves his wide receivers because he has guys where he can be able to just throw close his eyes and just launch the ball and they're going to get it at the point of at, at the point of contact so you know that's that's a luxury to have and with the with the Chiefs going back to the Chiefs, as good as their defensive line is, their their secondary is that much worse. They they don't have a good secondary. Sorensen is one of the worst uh, uh, secondaries in the league, and they they expo they exploited them and exposed their weakness. So you know if the Chiefs can be able to get pressure up front and 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 cause havoc on the quarterback and and force him to kind of speed up his clock, then they then they can be able to get some bad throws and to get off the field on third down and stuff like that. But if you're going to give a quarterback time as talented as Joe Burrow is with those receivers, the more time you give a, a quarterback is the more open a wide receiver gets. So mm -hmm. this is, this is the problem. And that, that's the issue that they had on Sunday, but you know, they, they lost the game by three. They were up big. They mm -hmm. lost the game. It's not the end of the world. They can be able to retool. But the biggest thing with the chiefs for me, is that they got to find ways to get Tyreek Hill the ball. Yeah. They are they, Teams are realizing that if we just keep a guy or two over the top and allow him to get some underneath stuff, we can deal with him getting 10 catches for 80 yards. As long as he's not getting seven for 190, mm -hmm. we're okay. Right. So they got to find ways to get him the football. It's just, the I, I love Debo Samuel because of how mm -hmm. they utilize him. It's a guy that can be able to rush the football. They, they give him the ball in different situations so a defense cannot keep tabs on him. That's what Tyreek Hill was in his first year in the, in the league, and then they kind of went away from that. They got to go back to him being a gadget guy and move him, move him around the field. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they, they need a little bit more creativity on offense. They're a little, they're a little predictable right now, um, especially when Kelsey is not doing what he's supposed to do and, you know, he's getting covered and where you go. So, you know, they know everybody knows that the Chiefs can't run the football. So they're going to pass the football, you know, 70 percent of the time. Mm -hmm. So if you can take away those weapons, you you you're you're pretty much good. You have to find ways to get your 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 skill positions, the ball. So yeah. um, we're talking about that Casey Cincy game. Uh, they're the third seed. 
Uh, I think they are, in my opinion, like the Cardinals. I didn't expect them to be this good right. this soon. Uh, Burrow had a great year last year before he got hurt, but coming into this year on a surgically repaired knee, I wasn't really expecting these kinds of numbers. Uh, you know, 911 yards in the last two weeks uh, and absolutely, uh, you know, lights out offense. Um, but uh, they won the North. They're, they're only nine and seven. Um, can they beat a couple of teams uh, on this run or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen, the, the defense all year, even the last couple of seasons, they, they, the defense is not terrible. Yeah. Uh, they're more like a bend don't break type of defense. They can be able to get some stops and they can get some, they can get pressure on the quarterback. And all you have to do is give Joe Burrow a shot. Yeah. If you give him a shot, then, you know, watch out, man, because I don't think there's, that there's any lead that's safe with an offense like that. The fact that him and Jamar Chase have had that connection from his days in LSU, yeah. this is why they're so dangerous. They didn't just develop this this year. These guys have been doing this for years. So, you know, they have a, a special offense over there with those receivers. You know, a lot of people don't even give Joe Mixon the credit that he deserves of, of, of a great year that he's had rushing the football. Yeah. So kudos to that offensive line for keeping Joe Burrow and Mixon upright and able to, to, to be effective. You know what I mean? Everybody was criticizing the Bengals that they drafted Jamar Chase and then they, they didn't take Penny Sewell. Well, they didn't, looks like they didn't need Penny Sewell because, you know, the offensive line has played re really well. So yeah. uh, the Bengals, they're a great story. They're fun to watch. Um, they can definitely be able to upset a team. I'm not, I'm not sure if they can be able to upset two teams, but they, they definitely able to win a playoff game. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I misspoke. Uh, they're 10 and six, not nine and yeah. seven. Uh, sorry about that Bengals fans, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. They've had a, uh, they have a really exciting offense and uh, it's amazing to see Joe Burrow come in and do, do these things and that LSU combination. Uh, yeah. That's, that's something that a lot more teams should be doing trying yeah. to get college teammates together. Cause you know, you've got that. Uh, hey, listen, you, you see that. You see that in um in in uh, Miami with with two and Waddle, you know right. they yeah. they they have that there. Two is just not Burrow, <laughs> like that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. You know Waddle is is amazing, but you know he just needs a better quarterback. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the, what about the two teams in the East, the Bills and the Patriots? Uh, looks like uh, they're battling it out. Uh, I think Bills have have clinched now, but. Yeah, both, both have both have. Yeah, they've clinched both playoff spots, but uh, have they clinched? I don't think they've clinched the division. Title. No, no, no. I, I think yeah, it's still up yeah. for grabs. Yeah, still up for, still grabs. up for grabs. So, um, who do you like more? Who do you think's uh, got the better better shot of going farther? Honestly, listen. How can you go against Bill Belichick? You, you know, if, if if this is playoffs, you're gonna go Bill because Bill knows how to take away your best weapon. Right. And, you know, the Bills, they are good. They struggle a lot this season. Yeah. You know, they're not they weren't the same team that they were last year. Very up and down, like you said, you know, ebbs and flows of their season. Yeah. But can they get hot? Can they find that defensive aggressiveness that they had last season? It's possible. That's the beauty about the playoffs is that any team can get hot at the right time and kind of ride that wave. You know, we've seen the Giants do it. We've seen Green Bay do it when they won the Super Bowl back in 2010. There's a lot of teams that can be able to ride that wave 
the, the, listen, the, the Bucks did it last year. Um, so there's no real clear cut favorite to me out of any conference that any team can be able to get hot, get the right matchups and get to the Super Bowl. So is it possible for the Bills? Absolutely. It's possible for them, you know, depending on the matchup, depending on, you know, if, if uh, Josh Allen could be able to play mistake free football, you know, that it's definitely possible for, for the Patriots. They got a rookie quarterback. I think the world of Michael McCorkle Jones. That's my guy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I like Mac Jones, man. I, I, I like his, his poise, his moxie. You know, he doesn't have the biggest arm, but a lot of greats didn't have the biggest arm. Drew Brees didn't have the biggest arm, and he's second in the league and uh, in history and everything. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it, it's not about the arm strength. It's about where you put the football. It's about your IQ. It's about how you know how to break down defenses and, and take what they're giving you. And Mac Jones is one of those guys, and he's in the perfect offense to be able to protect him and make him understand, just take what the defense is giving you. So, uh, you know, if the running game can be able to be consistent for for New England, they, they're a little banged up right now. I know Damian Harris is going through some injuries, but they have Ramondre uh, Stevenson. That kid is good. So mm-hmm. if they're able to continue to run the ball effectively and not have to rely so much on Mac Jones this year, I think I think the Patriots can win two games and, and get to a conference championship. I, I honestly believe so, because, like I said, you can't just like how you can't doubt Brady. You can't doubt Belichick. You really can't. That's true. A lot of people are hoping for a Brady Belichick Super Bowl. Oh, man, how perfect I, that would be. Lying. Yeah. The only the only thing better than that to me, Darren, would be the Cowboys making Super Bowl, obviously. <laughs> but that's not gonna happen. <laughs> right, that's not right. gonna happen. So I'm hoping for Brady Belichick. That's what that, I'm definitely. That would be doing. neat. That would be really cool. Yeah, uh, perfect ending, and uh, they'd be able to maybe say who was the greatest out right. of those two. And uh, okay, there's only a couple more teams uh, to talk about in the hunt. There are actually four teams that can win on Sunday and get in. Uh, right, right. The very last game of the season is the Raiders and the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever wins game. that game is in the playoffs. Um, the Chargers have Herbert. They've got an amazing uh, amount of great weapons. They got mm-hmm. Bose on the defense. Uh, I think, you know, they're also a team that, uh, you know, people expect a lot of big things from. I think they're still young, but uh, I think they're, I think they have the inside track in my opinion in this game. Uh, the Raiders, um, they're a bit of a dumpster fire, in my opinion. Yes, not, they, not a little uh, bit. Not a little bit. <laughs> they actually uh, had their cornerback uh, get arrested uh, last night. Uh, Unbelievable. Nate, Nate Hobbs was uh, arrested for DUI last night. Um, that's the third prominent guy that's had to go through this in the past year. Uh, they had the John Gruden fiasco that went through there. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people were hesitant to ever have Vegas as part of a professional sports and a lot of it was gambling, but a lot of it I think is that there's just so much temptation there. There's just so much going on for these young guys that have millions and the fame and the fortune, and they just can't seem to uh, get their own driver, get a cab, figure it out. They just keep screwing up. And this is another black mark on them, on the league and I think it's a distraction that maybe they can overcome and uh, the Chargers win this uh, win and get in game. Well, I mean, you know, that sounds good, Darren, but we just saw the Raiders beat the Colts. So it's like you can't really call it. You can't really call it because 
I agree with you in regards to the organization. The, they, there's always this black cloud over the Raiders because for that organization, they need strong leadership. There's a reason why when John Madden was the head coach, they had strong leadership and they were able to dominate football because of it. You need to have that, that, that alpha male that can be able to hold these players accountable. If you don't have that guy in the locker room, if you don't have that guy in the front office, you're going to have these problems. It's a reason why you don't see problems like that in new England. It's a reason why you don't, you don't see problems like that with the Dallas Cowboys much in the nineties with Jimmy Johnson and stuff like that. It's because there was an alpha male there that can be able to tell you, it's either you shape up or I'm going to clean out your locker today. I'm not waiting. I'm not going to pamper you and enable you. I'm going to get you out of there. So, you know, this is what they're missing. And hopefully they're able to get that head coach. I don't know who that is because, you know, are you going to bring back somebody from the past? Like they tried with John Gruden that, that the players are not connecting with. I, I don't know what direction you go into, but they need somebody that is an alpha male and can be able to hold these players accountable and make sure that they behave like professionals. You know, for 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 the Chargers, it's very, very yeah, the irony. The irony is what I love about the Chargers. All last year and the year before that, I used to always hear, oh man, you know, the Chargers have so much talent, but Anthony Lynn, the head coach, is holding them back. Hmm. Now, fast forward, Brandon Staley's the head coach. Well, they're still having the same issues in regards to closing football games. I wonder. So maybe it wasn't the head coach. Maybe it's just the culture that's going on there and what players that they have there. Some players are just meant for prime time. Other players aren't. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to have to find out who those guys are and who those guys aren't. We know that the quarterback is prime time, but is everybody else on that defense prime time? They have some, some playmakers, Derwin James and all those other guys. I think, but he's out for the season, is he? Derwin yeah, James. Yeah, yeah, but so you know that that that's a big that's a big uh, uh, miss right there. So you know they they have to figure it out. They gotta find ways to close football games because they're just too talented to just keep wasting these games away. So yeah. you know, it, but but to me to me, Darren, honestly, that game's a toss up. I can't I can't say who's go who has the advantage from who doesn't. Yeah, it's a big you're a big toss up. You're right. Uh, Indy looks like they have the inside track for that uh, sixth position. Uh, they faced the Jags, who lost 50 to 10 this past oh, week. Oh, yeah. I, I think uh, Jonathan Taylor may run for 300 yards. Yeah, they're, uh, they're definitely uh, got the inside track for that. Um, they lost last week for the first time when Jonathan Taylor ran for 100 yards. Well, quite the shock, but um, yeah, they should beat the Jags and get that last position. Uh, Steelers are winning 13 nothing in the third quarter, um, holding their own, trying to, you know, scratch and claw and keep their Baltimore still in the mix. But um, Lamar Hunt, uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson being out, um, I don't know. But uh, you mentioned 49ers, too, on the other side. Yeah. People Samuel, uh, absolute phenomenal talent. Uh, they've got Kittle. They've got yeah. Uh, a lot of good things there. They Eli run the ball really Elijah, well. And Elijah Mitchell is a heck of a talent, man. Yeah, that yeah, kid is. Right. He's 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 there running back for 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 the future. He is yeah. he is really really good. Yeah, and he I think he was a seventh round pick. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, know, he's, yeah, he's amazing, man. That's why that's why you know it doesn't really bode well most times to draft a running back high because there's so much talent 
at the running back position come draft time where you can be able to pick guys off the off the scrap heap and off the free agent market and just kind of strike gold, yeah. you know, off the yeah. practice squad. You know, you're seeing guys come off the practice squad now and just become starters. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, it's amazing. But, you know, they have great talent over there. Defense is starting to play well. They they, they Trey Lance cannot win them a playoff game. No. Jimmy G can. And, you know, Jimmy G's not great. Everybody understands that. But Jimmy G's been there before. You know, everybody wants to say that he's not that guy. But listen, the guy was in a Super Bowl and he was five minutes away from winning a Super Bowl until Pat Mahomes took over. So, you know, it's, yeah. we, we have to remember that. We, we do have to remember that. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, that's a great uh, way of talking about the teams that are in the hunt. Uh, man, we covered it really greatly. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, one more week of regular season, and then we got the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's two games on Saturday, Chiefs and Broncos are the early game, and Cowboys-Eagles are the late game, so I know where you'll be uh, on Saturday. I, I, I possibly won't even watch the game because it's a nothing game. Okay. It that means nothing. They can go ahead and beat down the Eagles. What, what does it matter? What does it matter? It doesn't, it doesn't, we're helping some other team in regards to seeding position. We're not helping our own seeds. We're not helping our own seeding. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, we, uh, we might not see all all the players then Uh, they might uh, rest them. There's always that rest versus bust mentality. We'll see. Maybe we see the the starters in the first half and then they start bringing them out. Uh, But there's, there'll be a lot of games uh, with playoff implications. Oh yeah. Seeding, lots of fun things to watch next week and then Definitely. i can't believe we're only a couple weeks away uh saturday the 15th we've got the wild card round uh starting so uh we'll have to have you back uh making some predictions uh of course, doing, man. yeah uh, having some uh, insider information like you you're so great at providing and uh yeah it's uh great that we can break break it down so well uh before we move on to um, anything else? I, I just I, I want to just mention that this is Barry Grant Jr. from the All Even Podcast. Uh, I've wanted to say this about six, seven times throughout a podcast. Is there any way you can turn that sign the other way? Does it? Does that, <laughs> you know what's? I, I can only see it backwards from here. You know what? You, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? What? When you watch this back, yeah, it's actually. The right side. side. Okay. It's so funny because like on my camera, I have to turn it the other way to make it look that way. Uh, But on your side, you're seeing it the other way because in real life, yes, it's actually opposite. So it's it's hilarious. It's very Very weird. weird. Very weird. Okay. Well, cool. (laughs) Well, because I want everybody to know know, your podcast name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was backwards. I'm thinking, okay, let's switch it the other way. Trust me. I I do it all the time. It's so funny. It it really is. (laughs) Okay. Um, all right. NBA, you're a big fan. Uh, your Lakers yeah. are your team. Uh, they've had their ups and downs. We talked earlier in the season about their acquisitions and them going in with Russell Westbrook and trying to come in with LeBron, AD, and Westbrook and all these right. old men and all these guys trying to fit together. And Westbrook has been Westbrook. He's he's not changed. He's The way he's been his entire career and uh, he has not been able to assimilate like a James Harden was able to when he went to Brooklyn. Uh, I, I, I guess, is Westbrook and Dak Prescott, even on your frustration level of guys that you follow and love? 
It's a great question. That is that is, <laughs> that's a great question, Darren. I will tell you the truth. No one, and I repeat, no one comes close to Russell Westbrook. He is here. Everybody else is down here because I I knew that this would happen. I said it. I made a YouTube video about it before they when the rumors were starting to swirl about a possible Westbrook trade. I knew that this wouldn't work. And the main reason is because of him, his unwillingness to change his lack of basketball IQ to understand that he needs to change. He just had a he had a nine turnover game last night. Wow. Against a Minnesota Timberwolves team without their best player, without their second best player. And literally, they just had a scrap unit there because, you know, they've been riddled with COVID as well. And they barely won the game because more than half of the turnovers were by their point guard. I think they turned the ball over maybe 15 or 16 times last night. He had nine of them. Wow. Wow. Just think about that. That's brutal. And yeah. after the game, he said, oh, you know, people Didn't always care. talk about my turnovers. And I, you know, I'm going to turn the ball over. I'm going to miss shots. Nobody's saying that you can't turn the ball over. People turn the ball over. Nobody turns the ball over at the clip that you do. Hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. He doesn't understand game management. He does, The first two game, the first two minutes of the game are the same as the last two minutes of the game for him. There's no difference. Wow. He does not have a feel for the game. If you watch how he plays, he tries to throw passes that the guys or the defender is already there. He's he's late on guys cutting. He's he's throw, he's missing layups, point blank layups, and he's always looking at his hands. There's nothing wrong with your hands. It's you. You're <laughs> the problem. You're the issue. So he's the biggest issue in LA. But I'm going to tell you this. As great as LeBron James is, the greatest LeBron James is playing. He's playing out of his mind this season, wow. right? Amazing. Amazing. He is to blame. Yeah. He is to blame for what's going on with this current team because him and, and Anthony Davis signed off on Russell Westbrook coming here. Right. There were other deals on the table, Darren. Yeah. They had DeRozan on the table. He wanted to come to L.A., and he was willing to take less money. Wow. You had Buddy Heald. That trade was done. That trade was done. Kyle Kuzma had said it in an interview that he was on his way to Sacramento. He knew it. He like the deal was already done. They just had to announce it and shake on it and and, uh, just to have the final touches to the deal. He was on his way to Sacramento. LeBron and AD said, no, we want door number three. We'd rather take Westbrook. We'd rather take a guy that has never won in the NBA that hasn't even come close to winning in the NBA that every particular star that plays with him wants to like run away. They want to run away after they experienced life with Russell Westbrook. But the problem with a LeBron James, Darren, and this applies to regular life, you know, not just the bubble of sports yeah. that when you think when you're the, when you're very intelligent, you're the smartest person in the room. Yeah. You believe that you can be able to, fix and unlock things that are everybody else can. And nine times out of 10, you can be able to do that. But that one particular time can't really save everybody. And because LeBron James is such a basketball savant, 
has the highest basketball IQ I've ever seen in basketball history, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, he believes that he can be able to change Russell Westbrook. You can't. Yeah. Can't. There's certain guys you just cannot save. And that's the one because he's pigheaded. He's yeah. stubborn. He doesn't believe that he's doing anything wrong. There, he had a he had an interview the other uh probably a week or so ago where he said that, oh, you know, people. People are very, you know, they're spoiled because of, 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 uh, you know, what I've done over the last few years that they just believe that I, I need to go out there and get 25, 15 and 15. And those are impossible numbers. Nobody's asking you to get 25, 15 and 15. They're just asking you not to play stupid basketball. That's all they're asking. If you go out there and average 17 points, six rebounds, five assists, and you're turning over the ball twice, and you're not shooting so many threes because you're not a great three of uh, three point shooter and you're actually hitting your free throws and you're playing decent defense. No Laker fan would complain. Yeah. But the fact that you're not doing that, you're the one you uh, turning the ball over terribly. You're shooting the ball poorly. You shoot more. You, you shoot a lot of threes when you can't shoot them. And on top of that, he plays terrible defense. So yeah. where, where are you impacting the game that you think that you're impacting? Yeah, you're not doing it on the defensive end. Pretty rough, so, you know. It, 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 and then every team that he's on, you have to do so much to accommodate him. Mm. He's like Tim Tebow. When you have Tim Tebow on your team, you had to change up everything. The offense, everything has. To, you have to literally get rid of centers to allow him to be able to play. LeBron has to play center. LeBron is playing center for the Lakers right now. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, crazy. And I and I've said, you know, I, I'll I'll let you go after this. I'm I know I'm a little long winded, but you know, I've said that if you remove Westbrook off this team, you know, just this team right now, how it's uh, you know presently constructed, if you remove him and put LeBron James back to point guard, they're exponentially better than they were yesterday. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the Lakers decided to go into that direction. Rob Palinka, you know, brought LeBron James into the conversation. And uh, yeah, one of the biggest, craziest moves. Uh, LeBron in his 19th year is actually probably the best he's ever been, which is uh, unbelievable. Shock. 37 years old. And this latest run, those last eight games, he has never had an eight game stretch where no. he. Average 36 points and 11 rebounds. No, uh, that's just amazing. Incredible, incredible. And, and they're wasting it on trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. And yes. a guy that's uh, not, yes. you know, not been able to ever prove himself as a winner ever. And uh, you did a lot of descriptions and talked about how stubborn he was and a lot of, uh, you know, sort of examples of his, pig-headedness and stubbornness and stuff. And there's another guy just about to make his uh, NBA debut this season on Wednesday. That's uh, I think the similar type of character, uh, similar type of person. One of the most stubborn human beings that I've ever seen in sports. Uh, Kyrie Irvin is uh, just about to come back on Wednesday. Um, Another team that was, you know, picked to be an NBA champion this year with the uh, amazing team that they assembled. And he's uh, really just been so frustrating everywhere he's gone. 
Um, what do you think about this, him coming back on Wednesday and uh, trying to play uh, road games and make a little bit of a go of it? It's It, it shows weakness up by the organization, in my opinion. You know, just because you're dealing with a myriad of injuries and COVID, every everybody's dealing with COVID around the league. Look around the league. Every particular team is decimated by safety in pro, safety protocols. So, like, there, there's – you're no different. The problem with the Nets that I have is that you took this stance early in the season. Oh, we don't, we don't want it to be a distraction. Stay home, blah, blah, blah. But now you tell them to come back. So, when – when does he feel the need to actually change if you're enabling the behavior? Yeah, right. He's not going to. Why, buddy? He, Why? Know, he has an organization that will be able to bend to his will so he can be able to take an off day to clear his mind because he doesn't want to play basketball that day. He can be able to just do whatever he wants because the organization will bend to his needs. Mm. And that's not, that's not where you want to be as an organization. The last organization that did that for the wrong player ended up trading that player to the Brooklyn Nets. And his name is James Harden and the Houston Rockets. Right. You, don't, you don't give certain players the leeway that they don't actually deserve. There's certain players in NBA history that deserve that type of presidential treatment. Right. MJ, MJ, LeBron, you know, Steph, if you want to put Steph Curry in that, in that, in that, in that ilk, but you can't give it to everyone. No. And the Nets right now, are just enabling the behavior. Listen, he's a great player, great talent, but you're only playing road games. I mean, what's going to happen in the playoffs when you have home court advantage? So he's going to be missing four crucial games in a series that you possibly are going to need every single man on deck to be able to win. Because if you go against the Bucs, the Bucs are better. Um if you go against the Bulls, listen, the Bulls, they still have to prove themselves going forward into the season if they can be able to sustain that. But the Bulls look good. Yeah. So, you know, if the but if the if the only obstacle right now is is Milwaukee in the East for the Brooklyn Nets, they're not better than Milwaukee right now. True. So and if you don't have Kyrie Irving for four games, possibly in a series, you're pretty much where you were last year when you're playing with two superstars instead of three. So, you know, it, it's just I'm not I, I'm going to watch him. Obviously, he's a he's a great talent, but I'm not looking forward to. The fawning over Kyrie Irving, mm. I don't I don't particularly like it. Um, I think the Nets just they just kind of went backwards, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have changed their stance for sure. That was, um, yeah, that was the wrong thing to do. And um, yeah, he has, he has no consequences for his actions. And yeah, he's proven to be a very selfish player. LeBron James, you know, thought he could also, um, you know, go there and do lots of things with them. They did win a championship, but then, you know, Kyrie said, no, I'm out of here and split. Yep. And, uh, you know, LeBron should have learned his lesson there. I uh, <laughs> didn't. And uh, now he's dealing with it with Westbrook. Um, Chicago, you, you mentioned DeMar almost went to LA. I can't even imagine. DeMar has been able to really be the catalyst to turn this Bulls franchise around. They are first in the East right now, currently. Uh, he actually had the buzzer beating shot two games in a row, two nights in a row. And I heard somebody say this, 
that's the first time in NBA history that a guy has been able to hit back-to-back buzzer beating yeah. winning scores uh, back-to-back nights. How can that be? But uh, supposedly he did. Um, and, but yeah, he's turned that franchise around with other acquisitions, obviously, but um, imagine him in a Laker uniform. Ah! <laughs> every time, every, I remember the game that they played against the bulls and DeRozan lit them up for 17 points in the fourth quarter and the entire game, Darren, I'm just, I was, I was on the verge of tears because I'm just like, we could have, we could have had this man for literally nothing. We, you know, we, they, you know, the Spurs would have probably took Kyle Kuzma and that was it. Like they, they we just would have had him for nothing. And now you're seeing how good he is, how great of a mid range shooter he is. Like there's only a few guys in the league that have a great mid range game. The way DeRozan does, you got Durant, can you name another one? Chris Paul, maybe. Chris uh, Paul. Yeah. yeah. But the his mid-range game is phenomenal. And can you imagine that mid-range game partner with a LeBron James? Partner with an Anthony Davis. And and the fact that he can make plays, he's a playmaking uh, a forward and guard. You know, he's not a guy that he, he can average six, seven assists a game. Yeah. Plays decent defense. He's not a great three-point shooter, but you don't need it. Just – what he's bringing right now to the Bulls is just great leadership. They 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 have a great young young team over there with Vukovic and 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 Levine and Ball. You know they've put together a nice team. A lot of people in the offseason were kind of questioning the move because they weren't they they didn't know how he would fit. You know in regards to how he would kind of be able to orchestrate the the offense or get his points or how they were going to be able to use him, but. You know, they've done a great job with with incorporating him and obviously letting him be the lead dog, especially with Levine. That's a great one-two punch that they have over there. And the fact that they have Vukovic and you have Lonzo, who's one of the best defenders at the point guard position in the league, you know, they they, they have a really good bunch over there, man. So, you know, yeah. kudos to the to, to the Bulls for, for yeah. having a great offseason. Uh, it's, it's turned out to be a great season so far. And, you know, as a Laker fan, I'm just more miserable watching them play. <laughs> yeah it's been an incredible uh really quick turnaround in that organization and uh, yeah it's gonna be fun to watch them going forward uh the best team in the nba uh pretty much this entire season has been the warriors uh they're getting clay thompson back very very soon and uh they're gonna be tough when he comes back and he yeah. gets uh in in his game shape he starts hitting his shots uh, can you believe that they've been able to turn it around this fast and uh, be the elite team in the N- NBA so far? No, I've, I'm, I'm actually shocked. Uh, you know, I, I did not see this coming. I, I thought that they would be a decent team. Uh, you know, I thought it would be five, six, you know, in the playoffs. I, I, I said that they would make the playoffs, you know, before the season started. But being the top seed and having the best record in the league, I, I didn't see that happening. So, you know, um, kudos to them. Uh, the, the part that really impressed me about them over this year and obviously last year as well is their ability to develop their young talent. Over the championship years and the deep playoff runs they were having with the, you know, the, the, the Currys and the, the Thompsons and the, the Greens and the Durants. And, you know, they, they didn't have a great bench and they were giving away draft picks to make sure that they were competitive and they, they maintained that that uh that core. 
right. you know, they didn't they didn't develop any young players because they just didn't have the time to. So I didn't feel that the the organization had the ability to develop young players. And I was wrong because you got Jordan Poole. You have all of these other guys. You got Gary Payton, the second that's that's wow. killing. Wow. You know, it's just, you know, there's so many different stories and great guys on that team that 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 have developed and, and done done wonders for their for, for, for this organization and, and, you know, carved out significant roles for themselves in that rotation. You know, it's it's impressive, man. And, you know, you got to give you got to give the organization a lot of credit. You got to give Myers a lot of credit. You got to give Steve Kerr a lot of credit. You also got to give uh, Steph Curry a lot of credit because he's playing out of his mind as well. Yeah. You know, he can be able to he, he he could be having a pedestrian season and they struggle, but he's playing at a high level and he's just bringing everybody with him. So, you know, and that their ability to shoot the three is just remarkable. And then you're, you're going to bring back Clay and add him to the mix. It's kind of unfair, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. to, to the to the to the to the what they say to the victor go to spoils. Yeah. So, you know, that's basically where they are, man. They're, they're playing with house money right now. They look like they're they're one of the best teams in the league. I still feel that, you know, Milwaukee will give them fits in the finals. But, you know, we'll see. I, I don't I don't necessarily talk finals this early. I kind of wait until late March, maybe even early April to kind of see what's going on in regards to the roster moves and the injuries. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, they're, they're looking good so far. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Steph's having another MVP uh, type season and uh, he's just been shockingly great at this age and seeming to be, you know, even probably the best shooting season he's ever had. Yeah. Um, they beat uh, both uh, the Suns and the Jazz this past week, which uh, those are no, number two and number three in the West and the, the best records. Um, Quinn Snyder, the Jazz coach, actually said, the MVP of the league should be Draymond Green. And uh, Draymond Green agreed and then uh, he made some comments too. But um, pretty uh, incredible uh, for Draymond to uh, still be doing this at this high level and impacting so much. He didn't play that jazz game. Amazing right. enough, still Snyder still mentioned that. But, um, you know, yeah, what a force he is. I just think they need a big man. Wiseman, you know, was going to be that guy. He's had his injuries now, but uh, well, he's he's coming back sometime this season too. So right, yeah. you know, they'll they'll be getting him back, which is ridiculous in itself. Crazy, so yeah. um, you know, it's it's just it's just remarkable about what the, what what they were able to do with all of these guys out, and yeah. you know, it 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 might just be that their year, and and for for me to say that just makes me nauseous. <laughs> but you know, respect to the Warriors yeah. and uh, their their fan base. You know, they're 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 cool people. Yeah, and uh, Phoenix had a phenomenal year so far. Uh, that uh, run was surprising to most people uh, when they went to the finals last year, but they've been able to back it up this year. Uh, really good. I think DeAndre Ayton, uh, not signing him was a massive mistake, but uh, maybe they're you know able to just go for it this year. Honestly, honestly, I, I don't really think so, Darren. I think, I think sometimes with certain players, right? you have to dangle the carrot a little bit, right? right? Because this is a kid that has had some motor issues that hasn't looked super motivated in his career. And maybe this is a, them yeah. saying, listen, okay. you know, we have this max contract here for you, but you got to prove it to us that you're actually that guy. We don't want to give you this money 
without knowing for sure of what we're getting. Right. So, you know, it's beneficial for both parties. He's going to know his worth. They know exactly what his worth is as well. Yeah. And it'll work out in the end. So, you know, it, it, it's it's one of the few times, excuse me, one of the few times where um, those things actually happen. Like, you know, when it could kind of come together where player plays at a high level, the team is waiting to give them that max contract and it kind of just mm-hmm. that perfect. Yeah, it's that perfect synergy. So. You know, it, it's worked out for them. You know, sometimes you got to do that with certain players, man, because certain guys, when you give them that money, you know, they kind of just mail it in. Anthony Davis. <laughs> did I, did I say <laughs> <Right>. that? Did <laughs> I say that out loud? Um, right. Right. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things. So, you know, it's 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 definitely worked out for them. Well, yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, um, yeah, that's uh, all the NBA. Um I have for now. Uh, we are sitting at about 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter for the Monday nighter, 13 to seven. The Steelers are up. Uh, How's Baker playing? Uh, not too good. Not yeah. Too yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I wonder if they're still blaming Odell Beckham for his struggles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's funny. Yeah. No, uh, they, they, they actually, uh, made a really funny, uh, graph this, uh, earlier in this night and they showed Ben Roethlisberger getting drafted, uh, 11th overall the year of his draft. And, uh, the, that year Cleveland picked, uh, Kellen Winslow jr. And they, <laughs> and they said, Man. Oh, imagine they could have been an Ohio guy. They could have yep. went there. He could have played 19 seasons. Brought him to some Super Bowls, got him the respect he needed, and look how the how many quarterbacks they've gone through there. And, well, that's the uh, that's the thing too, brutal. right? It's always revisionist history. It's fun to do, but let's be honest. Say let's just let's just play that hypothetical card, right? right. There they draft him. He's an Ohio guy. Draft him to Cleveland. It's the Browns. They would have they would have messed it up. Messed they would up. Ben Roethlisberger would have pr- probably been out the league by now. Because he would have had a myriad of injuries that he had in Pittsburgh, but he was able to get over that because he was in a great organization that was able to lift him up and have a great defense and a running game. Right. They didn't have that in Cleveland. It had no. just been him. So, you no. know, who's to say? Who's to say that it would have worked out? He went to the right place, and that's exactly where he was supposed to end up. That's true. Yeah, very, very, very good point. Uh, yeah, they would have messed it up. Cleveland, yeah, of course. It's Cleveland. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. They always have, and they the only, the only the only thing that they got right in their history was LeBron James, <laughs> <laughs> LeBron James and, and Jim Brown, and that's it. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very true. So, uh, man, this was awesome. Uh, what a great way to kick off 2022. I'm glad yeah. you're available. I'm glad we could get you, and uh, I know you're going to be busy going forward. So we'll uh, have some hit and miss times over the, uh, over the year, but, uh, let's, let's try to make this a semi-regular thing. And, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure my, my viewers and subscribers are going to be sending me messages. Hey, when's the next time we get Barry Grant on? <laughs> Come on, hurry up. We wanted to hear him talk. So, uh, yeah, well, you, you, you let me know if, if, if people are clamoring for my, for my insights. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sure they will be. They already have been. So, um, yeah, man, uh, this was fun. Uh, I'm glad we could do this. And yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit before the podcast started. Uh, I think there's bigger and better things for us. I think network wise, we should be 
uh, yeah, getting each other on uh, each other's networks and, yeah. and really um, promoting each other. Uh, I love your podcast. Can't uh, can't believe it's finally back. I get to have something to listen to every week. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I appreciate this a ton, man. Thanks so much. Nah, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on again, Darren. You know how it is, man. Anytime you need me, you know, hopefully my TBD schedule right now, you know, I could be able to make it work. But, you know, I always I always try to you know, make things happen and, and, and try to get on. So, you know, thank you for having me again for everybody that's, that's ever, you know, listened to my podcast and supported me. You know, I appreciate you appreciate everybody that's uh, supported me in the, in the past, the present, the future. Um, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of great friends that I've met you, a lot of other people, you know, within this podcast world. So, you know, I'm very appreciative of the, um, of the journey and, and what's coming up and, you know, all the stuff that, that, that we have planned collectively, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a great 2022. Yeah, of course, man. And I can't wait for tomorrow's uh, Tuesday podcast coming oh. up, uh, dummy of the week and oh, all man. the other takes. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to, listen, it's going to be interesting for, for Dak Prescott fans. I'm sorry. I'm just going to apologize now because it's not going to be good for you guys. It's not going to be good for you guys tomorrow, but um, yeah, sure. it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. All right, man. Well, all the best. Enjoy your night. Uh, Warriors are playing the heat tonight. It's still on. And uh, the rest of this football game, enjoy that. And all right. uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll keep in touch. Talk all right, you. man. I'll talk to you. All right. Okay. Cheers. All right. Bye for now. Hey, we didn't want to forget uh, our partners and sponsors. We want to thank them for their continuing support. Anchor.fm, the easiest place to make a podcast if you want to do what Barry and I just did. Uh, go to Anchor.fm, really phenomenal, uh, great at posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. It is the best. It is definitely where I recommend anybody that wants to do this. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, they are the industry leader in technology, performance, and value. And the V350 stick is a must-have for any player in your family or friends. Pampas and Possibilities, the designers of West Coast curated pretty things that you put in your home. They will be able to help you out if you have any needs there. And Forever Living, the aloe vera company, amazing products with health and beauty. Uh, thank you again for our partners and sponsors. Thank you so much to everyone for your support. I hope you're happy that 2021 is in the rearview mirror. 2022 is ahead. Uh, I want to thank everyone that um, watches, listens, and uh, promotes it. Uh, I definitely want to thank my uh, family and friends. Uh, thank you so much for a great holiday. I really appreciate um, being able to uh, spend some time with you and recharge my batteries heading into 2022, which is going to be the best year of our lives. Okay? Let's do it. All right. Love you guys a lot. Take care of yourself. Bye for now.